Welcome to Fundamentally Drained Podcast with your hosts, Father Everett Lees, Father Tom Dahlman, and Justin Dixon. Three Christians exploring Christianity from a perspective other than the fundamental view from which we have become fundamentally drained. We'll begin the conversation, and you take it from there. Good day. I said good day. <laughs> Here we are in the Fun Drain Studios, <laughs> West Coast Manhattan. You can look out the window and see a great view of the park. In That's Central Park. Here in unique New York. <laughs> unique <laughs> New York. <laughs> All right. Today we talk about politics. And so bum, bum, bum. Tom came up with the idea of talking about politics. And um, so I asked him to uh, expand on that. And he wrote something that we figured we could just read and end the podcast with. So, uh, But I'm going to ask Tom to go ahead and read that so we can kind of open with it. Thanks for giving that away. I was just going to say it as if I was coming up with it off the top of my head. Oh, my bad. My bad. I mean, off the top of the cuff. Tom, why don't you make something up to share with us? Mm, let me think. <laughs> Although he now transcends politics, <laughs> Jesus was clearly a politi- political figure in his day. I'm not going to read this, Justin. Why? This is the- <laughs> okay. Um, he was active in and a commentator on politics of the politics of his day, and and then Jesus called us to follow in follow in his footsteps. The ancient world, though, had a different understanding of politics. Jesus was not seeking power in his political involvement, and he spent his time calling the political systems, whether Jewish or Roman, into question. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. hmm. <laughs> I was going to say. He also said. My kingdom were of this world. My followers were fight. So my question was, so why are we Christians fighting for power? Metaphorically fighting at the ballot box or through lobbying or putting money into lobbying groups. I know some churches do that. Hmm. I think the primary Christian duty is not to fight for power or influence, but like Jesus, to refuse to participate in false systems like Caesar's kingdom, Caesar's economy. So what does this mean and how do we do this? How do we be in the world but not of it? And we're, the three of us here are Anglicans, Episcopalians, and we have some great examples in William Wilberforce, F.D. Maurice, William Temple, Desmond Tutu. And these all three, all four acted consistently with Anglican incarnational theology. They had a high view of humanity. They had a, their ability to do good um, and their ability to do good. Sorry. They rejected the modern idea of a sacred secular split. But they also had a high view of the church and its role in society to challenge and change things. And the danger of our the Anglicanism, the way we approach it, is that we just end up baptizing the social order. So that's what I started with. I grew up as an Anabaptist. What does that mean to be an Anabaptist, Tom? <laughs> well, generally they're... Well, thank you for asking that, Everett. Generally they're... Don't, they're not they're traditionally not involved in politics. Things have changed as they've all kind of floated to like the evangelical center. 
but um, I grew up in the Church of Christ, as I maybe have said on here before, I don't know. And But you did? Yeah, I did. <laughs> so <laughs> there used to be a tradition there of kind of non-involvement, and that's kind of gone the way of the dodo bird. Um, but it was still kind of... <laughs> For anyone that is under... 30 years old the dodo birds to see I'm, yeah, I'm sorry yes. go ahead. that's, a, that's an go, expression go ahead every time I say an expression my wife's like what are you talking about exactly anyway so I've struggled with reconciling my childhood of not being involved my kingdom's not of this world with um, that's how do we deal with the political system so I thought we should talk about it, because that's a big question on Christians' minds. A lot of Christians are really disappointed in the last election on both sides. And so, how do we reconcile that? How do we? How should Christians be involved in politics? Everett's just chomping at the bit. Jump in there. Uh, you know, one of the things I, I, I thought about is, is particularly within the um, Episcopal Anglican DNA... Um, is that we have within this idea that our leaders are there um, by um, the will or desire of God. So in England, the the king or the queen is um, um, you know is 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 there is there by God's choosing is a is a, is a vessel for for God. I mean that you you cannot um, disassemble uh, or, or disentangle. I mean the the royalty. Um, with understanding of, of God's will in the world. And so I wonder to, to what degree, you know, that sort of, um, I don't know, patterned us in America's Episcopalians, um, particularly considering that many of the early American leaders were, um, were Episcopalians. Um, I think more presidents have been Episcopalian than any other denomination. So um, I wonder to what degree we ourselves have sort of a difficult time uh, disentangling those because of that that history. Do you think that Desmond Tutu, for example, thought that I think his name was Leclerc, maybe I can't remember, the president of South, of, of South Africa yeah. at the time. I think he thought he was there by God. I mean, he clearly uh, recognized his position, but what do you think? Well, and I think that's I think that would be the counter argument is is that that God's will or desire is not you know that a particular rule ruler rules, um, but that God has a design for what the world is supposed to look like, and that the ruler's job is to make that happen. Um, but yeah. uh, sometimes it's difficult it's difficult to see past what it is that we think God is supposed to do and the one that people think God has put in place to, you know, be your, your, to rule over you. Right. Justin, what do you think? <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, I'm going to back up into what you said and ask you to, um, <clears throat> to explain some things just so it helps me. Uh, but what is the, in the last part, you said they rejected uh, the mod speaking of Tutu and others, um, they rejected modern idea of sacred secular split. What is the modern idea of the sacred secular split? Well, 
I don't know. It came out in our childhood. It would come out in the wash. Another expression. <laughs> yes, this, chomping at the bit. Yeah. Well, we're just throwing them left and right today, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> this, like, uh, well, you got your private life and your public life. Like, you don't mix school and church, you know? So we have this idea of, um, you have your, I think that's the way religion gets along in, in our country. Um, this, since, since the founding, it's like you keep your, religious life sorry I haven't had enough coffee <laughs> um, keep your religious life private and then you have your public life as a citizen and that's kind of a new idea and that's the modern idea yeah okay well there's I mean there and there's this whole <laughs> argument as to 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 what degree can and should your religion affect your public policy mm, so right. for instance um, a core Roman Catholic you know, doctrine is is that all life is sacred and sacred, and that life begins at conception. And so the question is: Is can a Catholic politician um, pursue policies that uphold that, or do, are they supposed to reflect, you know, the laws of 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 the state, the rulings of the Supreme Court, which would which would seem to disagree? So, right. to what degree are are politicians allowed to exercise? their religion in the public sphere. So that makes, and that, that kind of brings to a point that I just see in this, in where you said that, um, well, excuse me, Jesus said, <laughs> sorry, I confuse you and Tom all the time. Um, if my kingdom were of this world, my followers would fight. So um, there seems to be a trend of fighting for political dominance, um, fighting to you rule. Noticed, huh? I'm sorry. You noticed, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and the rule. <laughs> this is just the obvious. We need a bail. Obvious statement here. Um, ding, to ding, ding, ding. rule over, right, as Christians. And they're, you know, we're there, we're whomever is fighting to be in power. However, just as you said, so um, you may explain someone going into politics um, from the Roman Catholic rule, of, et cetera. Um, but. In this situation, you're looking at who you're going to vote for. If you ever try and sit down and compare uh, the two sides, the people that um, are in the political race, you would never be able to vote for someone if you're saying, okay, do they you know, have this option? Check. Do they believe in this? Mm, nope. Can't vote for them. But instead, you know, we put faith in someone thinking they are going to be a savior for our party or whatever it is or our country and things like that but um it seems like for uh, from a christian side i hope i'm not letting everything out of the bag right here but it's not that we're called to go into politics to rule this country but it's just another vocation possibly of what we as christians can do in the world we're not going to go in to rule um you know i think the the in Jewish culture, um, well, first century, they had the same mindset we do. Let's take over. Let's get the Romans you know, and rule over them instead. And so um, it seems like the ideology is all mixed up as to where we as Christians and our <clears throat> leader, what he had in mind, <laughs> more so than what we're trying to do, which is rule the United States and possibly the entire world. Hmm. 
I feel like you were setting us up for a political announcement. Are I you, did too. I thought you were going to run for office. Are you running? Good Lord, no. What? I don't want to let the cat out of the bag. No, I'm no, 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 no. No. That's Dixon 2020. No, no, no. Running for mayor. Oh, cool. No, I feel like sometimes right in the middle of the podcast, 10 minutes in, I go, and so the point is, you know, it's like, we got 20 minutes still. So, no, 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 no. So what you're asking is, what are our people are voting? I want to know how to vote. Basically, there are the people listening. Well, shut up, guys. Tell me how to vote. Is that what you're saying? Mm. What's the point? No. Oh. What, what is the point? What is the point as a Christian? Why are we voting? What is the point of politics? Mm. That's that's. I mean, we think it's like because we're going to rule over things by voting the right way and for the right person, and that ushers in God's kingdom further. You know, it's just putting so much weight in this political system, and I feel like that isn't the point at all. I, You know, I think I think particularly um, in, in the early 80s with the rise of the religious right, the moral majority, Jerry Falwell, um, that that we saw that faith was a, um, was a, a huge... Business. Motivator, um, rallying point um, for for particular um, issues that you know that that group felt was really important. Um, you know, talking about voting, I mean, they would pr- produce these voting guides that would say, you know, here's the ten issues that you need to you know choose mm-hmm. to vote on, and mm-hmm. here's who the how the candidates line up, and oh, you know, by the way, you know, in, in that case, the Republican was always the one who um, who was right on all the issues. Um, and, and there's been a lot of talk recently of the rise of the religious left, which is sort of a, a, a progressive um, politics that's, that's driven by faith and religion. And sometimes I observe them, and it seems like they're just recreating the, the patterns of the re- religious right from the 1980s. Right. Really? And so they look alike, meaning in the 80s the religious right was you know le- what we would call religious left now so religious right but informed by social justice concerns right right okay Okay. and 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 sort of a and sort of a fun you know deeply tying your statement of faith with how you voted so the 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 religious left would say well if you voted for trump you must not really be a christian or really care about scripture or right you know and so suddenly we could determine someone's allegiance to christ by you know who they voted for (laughs) who they voted for right? right Wow, yes, indeed. Oh, man. Well, I think, here's what I think. I don't know what I think. Never mind. I think, Christianity has, be, I think <laughs> Christianity has become a political party. Yes. And so now when someone, you know, uh, and you can't, I know blanket, you can't blanket, make blanket, blanket statements, but. On a podcast. It's, it's like, oh, right, okay, my bad. That's what we're here um, for. <laughs> if you, if, now if, if you're a Christian, then, you know, you're the ones who voted in this guy or whatever that is. You know, there's you're just grouped together, which, I, you know, I'm sure that's been for many, many, <laughs> for a long time. You're identified by that. Um, but it's, it's, I feel if you are going into politics, then you're going in to run and rule is the idea now, as opposed to I'm doing this just to help others. Um, from a Christian standpoint, it looks like it's like we're trying to win all the power so we can, in turn, 
get everyone under our rule and make them obey the law of the Bible. That's yeah. what the goal is. And you can't you can't not be a Christian. So you can't if you are a Christian, this is a sacred secular split. I think that we have the obligation to not turn off our faith when we go to the voting booth. But we also have to realize that part of our faith is being not it's not a power grab for us because Jesus said my kingdom is not of this world. Part of our faith is turn the other cheek. Mm. So so how do we here's the question. Mm. How do <laughs> how do we participate without participating in false systems? I think you said it um I don't want I'm not going to answer your question but when you actually when you started this little yeah piece something stuck out to me cuz you said our faith. And I think that's key as in this is our faith and we live and this make the decisions of our life based on our faith. And it's that a community. It's not a private faith. It's a community faith. It is, but it's not a projected in that we must have everyone come in and live by our rules. I don't that's the turn the other. Yeah, anyway. Um, you know, that's the thing is like we're trying to go out and project everything because everyone must follow our faith. No, that's our faith. And so it guides us in what we do and the decisions we make. <coughs> and yes, it is very communal. And our decisions can be based on that as a community uh, because that empowers us. Um, <laughs> I think, I think how, how Stanley Hauerwas would say that the, the problem with the modern Christian politics today is that they have simply just turned to Caesar for salvation. So progressive Christians and conservative Christians have both said that our salvation lies with Trump or Clinton or, mm-hmm. fill, you know, fill in the blank. Right, right. And, and, and so Hauerwas's thing is not a withdrawal away from politics um, but but which but but asking ourselves which narrative are we living our life out of, um, and um, and which which Lord are we following, and, um, and 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 I think that can be a danger in which we wrap up the salvation of the world by who wins, hmm. you know, on election night, right? And um, yeah, so I. Th- I don't think the solution is what I grew up which is with which is not participating. Although the older I get, the more and more attractive that seems. <laughs> and I don't think the solution though is what we currently see in two extreme forms, Christian right, Christian left. But also I how do we get to somebody like William Wilberforce who help bring about the end of the slave trade. Right. How do we right. get to somebody like Desmond Tutu who helped bring about the end of apartheid in South Africa? So clearly not doing what you said. I'm not trying to call you out, Justin, but just they said this is right and wrong. This is our faith, but this is... Mm, I see what you mean. You by know that. what I mean? Okay, no, I do. And in that regard, you're absolutely right. No, absolutely if there is an injustice occurring, no, I get that. 
Right. I get that. I, I, that makes sense. So uh, see, I, I see in you know what? Okay, I'll go. No. I'm well, just, I'm, I'm seeing people coming in and go, "You can't do this because the Bible says you can't do this." Not in regards to racism or you know. Uh, pff, genocide part th- right. that yes i agree with that <laughs> i feel like i need to make this statement no i'm talking about things like um, justin dixon is against genocide ladies and gentlemen thank you <laughs> no so i'm thinking of um, i'm thinking of things that aren't maybe hurting people i don't know uh, but no that's a good point now i see where you thought i was going so um, should 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 the Ten Commandments be on the state capital grounds? There you go. That's a good. Yes. No one's being. I mean, no. I was physically I was, hurt by that. <laughs> I was saying that. Uh, I wasn't making a statement about that. I was just saying yes. That's the kind of question. Right. Sorry. I know what you mean. Right. right. And that's that's what I meant. Well, yeah. and 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 I think. Um, hmm, funny. You know, I mean, you know, use you you know you you think about the examples that you used of Wilberforce, two uh, two. Um, King um, here in America could certainly be thrown um, into those kinds of, of Christian leaders that that were driven by their faith, um, and and I think for going back to Harold, I mean, his fear is is that the world's narrative just becomes our narrative, and so we simply say, oh, well, you know, the the government said that we need to go and you know we need to go to war with this country, so obviously we need to go to war with this country, mm. or you know, the Supreme Court has said this is this is right, so obviously it must be right, and we have to uh, we have to to give into uh, into that rather than trying to say, um, you know, what is what what, what is it if what, you know what what would it look like for for Earth to look like heaven? Oh, good, and that's and and when the war thing in the Supreme Court thing is ordained by God, right, right, because that's the and that's what I see is people go, oh, well, you know. We've, the right people are in place. The right things happen. This is ordained by God. We must go into war. It's like, whoa, yeah. wait a second. Is this, you know, uh, so, that's another podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so if I'm on the Christian right, I'm listening to what I just said or what we've been mm-hmm. saying. And I would say, yes, you, uh, you have to get involved when it's an issue of injustice. And we got all these babies dying. In abortion clinics. So we got to do something about it. That's lack of justice. And if I'm on the Christian left, I'm saying, yes, we got this issue of justice. We've got all these women who men in a room are telling them how to care for their bodies. And, you know, that's, there's all kinds of wrong there. Um, so they're both coming at the same issue. It's really the same issue, I think, um, based on the kind of argument Wilberforce would have made or Tutu would have made. So, and then my super awesome ethics professor, Scott Bader, say, um, I don't want to put <laughs> words in his mouth, but I think he would say, and that comes down to that we've lost the way to have a shared conversation. We don't have a shared ethics. We don't have a shared virtue idea of virtue yes what were you gonna say so you said abortion for the religious right mm-hmm. right refugees okay. for the religious left one is and i've seen this conversation is like how can you vote someone in who just because they are against abortion when they are against refugees and that is the polar rising of you know you're 
allowing one life, one death on one side or one death on another side. And that's the, that seems to be a very polarized right. um, idea there. So, but I'm sorry, what did you say about, oh yeah, uh, Scott, were you going to say something? Everett? Well, what I, I was going to jump in but with another Harawas thing. <laughs> Um, and, and so, so Harawas's solution is, is is the question is not so not necessarily what what will the state look like, but the question is is what will the church look like? So if the church is sort of this community um, within the world, and we are supposed to live by a different ethic, you know, if we're going to say that we're pro life or that abortion, you know, that abortion is not good, um, then then does the church look like that? Does it allow? Um, unwed pregnant women to come here, be here, and does the church care for that child as if it was their own? Do we sit there and say that people who are fleeing war-torn areas um, should be protected? And oh, by the way, the church is going—the church is going to is, is going to be a refuge. It's not. Oh, we think the government needs to do this, but the church is going to do uh, is going to do this. So, so the question isn't so much, well, what, what should Caesar do? But the question is, what, what will the church do? Mm. Are we taking in orphans? Right. Are we feeding the hungry? And that's what or, one, one blogger, and I don't know who it was, said. He said, okay, and he was speaking to the religious right, let's just say for, um, not to get into too many details, but he said, okay, you're against abortion. Then show me your plan to take care of all of these infants that are born. Um, and it's, you know, because if, if you just go in and what he's expanding on, what I think he's saying is saying, if you're going to fight for this and go for this, then you need to have a plan as for what you're going to do, because that, you know, that political statement you're making is a, is a real life and it must be cared for and taken care of and so on and so forth. And so it's like, (laughs) that was that's all. What do you guys think? And this kind of goes back to the original question. Was do you do you all think we haven't really made the case, but do you all mm-hmm. think Jesus was a political figure? Oh, most definitely. I mean, he was killed as a as a political opponent of the empire. Um, <clears throat> I mean, his claims unsettled the leaders of the day. He was and 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 he spoke to 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 issues of of, of politics. So he was most definitely a political figure. Okay. But not in the way that we use it today. Yes. Correct. And that was and that was what I was thinking too is that I was raised thinking um uh, this and let me back back up a minute because that sounds like I'm going to blame my parents. <laughs> um culture I was taught that you know from where I live and everything like that that this is bad and this is good the end (laughs) no no nothing else this is bad this is good and only until i started reading talking discussing things like that i knew there was an actual different in the other side you know i just was raised these are bad people and these are good people and we're talking politics um Mm -hmm. and i just didn't know any different so um and i want to go back to what was interesting because i was saying how Getting into politics for Christians shouldn't mean that we should rule and we should do these things. Well, Tom is hearing, I'm going to pick on you now. Tom was hearing me say that we shouldn't go out and fight injustice. No, I didn't hear that. Well, oh. I'm pretending you did. Okay. So, shh. So, that's, <laughs> what, that's, what, that's oh. what Tom was hearing 
from me from what I didn't say. But until we sat down and had more conversation and right. opened up what I meant, because everyone has something in their head. And a lot of times we project what is in the other person's head. And sometimes we don't hear what you like. And, and if we don't ask, then we're never going to know because you led to we need to open up and have conversation about it. And we need to speak about what we truly think and feel and where we're headed because I mean you guys I and I did now that I see it, I go oh yeah you thought I was totally ignoring injustices but no I wasn't I was speaking to something completely different so uh, there, there's a there's a Heineken beer ad yeah. that that brings people from different That's political what I thought opinions to, together and, and and have a conversation I think you know going back to something you said I mean we're just we're products of our time and our environment and we're never going to get it right. right. And we're products of the, the culture that we grew up in, the home that we grew up in. And, and I think one of the falsehoods of, of, of modernity is, is that we can create ourselves apart from the systems that we're, we're a part of. That was the idea. With the, we, could, we could create the rational person that is not influenced by the systems around us. What was that M word? Modernity. And, and, and I think it's, and I think one, it's just, it's a lie. I mean, we are just, we are products of the environments and uh, that we grew up in. And so, you know, it's, it, yeah. That's good. I think in that kind of idea tells us, and we, we've talked about this with some of the youth is realize that we are all an environment of, um, uh, what am I trying to say? Something of our culture, our create us, our environment, right? And understand that just because there was old thinking um, amongst when we grew up and things like that, you gotta ha- you gotta walk around forgiveness. And and I don't do that. I can honestly say I am terrible at it because you look at someone and you think, oh yeah, you know, you bash them for how they think or how they believe or whatever it is that's going on, and as if they have some. Um, all control over that and like the world around them is not and that's where that forgiveness comes in because you you know at some point they were a five-year-old child sitting across from the table while someone's feeding them whatever info they want to and Mm -hmm. they're accepting all of it as truth so conversation forgiveness and grace in politics i think would uh you know be a good thing yeah (laughs) so um Conversation helps. I'm not against dialogue. But if we don't have a shared value system, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are going to hear me say that and think I mean if we're not all Christians. That's not what I mean. Oh, okay. But if we don't have a, a shared system of ethics or virtue, the conversation is never going to bring us to the same point on the table. Like, there's tons of conversation happening. Um, and part of the reason is there's a lot of moneyed power interests behind each side and they're keeping there from being compromised but we're never gonna sometimes the only thing holding us together is a lack of communication <laughs> we need to do the work um what's we, that look like so th- i don't know there we, was a great new york times article you're the one who always reads the New York Times, Tom. Come on, Tom. Well, Jeez, Tom. Give me some more info about this. Uh, and it, and, and it <laughs> no. talked about, and, and it, 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 I think it came out yesterday, the day before. Anyways, it, it, it talked about how in America we have lost any sort of shared narrative. 
Yes. And it was, I think it was Chesterton that came over mm. here. And one of the things that he was impressed by was is that we had this shared narrative that did not require any particular religion, denomination, you know, or or you know, or culture, that there was something that transcended all that. And this author was saying that he feels like we sort of lost that. I think that we have. I think that's why we can't. I don't know how we reclaim it. I think we need to. I mean, the big thing that I think we need to get back to is an idea of the, a shared idea of what is common good. I think that's with Jesus' idea of politics, um, that we're working for the common good, and we don't have a shared understanding of what that is anymore. And we need to do the work. I don't know who needs to do that work. I guess the church does, but needs to do some of it, of reclaiming an idea of, what allows people to flourish and thrive and common good. And that would give us a starting place to branch out and have these bigger conversations about bigger issues. It sounds like a good conversation. (laughs) I mean, really. We didn't solve any problems, did we, guys? We never solve any problems. Now you you have to solve it. We just begin the conversation and you get to finish it. (laughs) Something like that. All right, we're past our uh, 30 minutes, so um, has anybody got any good books they're uh, into? Um, I just started a new one, um, and I'm going to screw up the title, but it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, I think it's called Firmament, but it's about how did the improbable rise of Christianity in the Roman Empire, <laughs> and um, it, it sort of deals a little bit, touches a little bit on what some of the things we talked about. How did how did this Christian culture arise in a in a, in a culture that was not hospitable to it? Right. So right. nice, Tom. Nothing. I'm not reading anything. You're, I'm, you're I'm busy. Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> you're busy. I'm preparing to move, so yeah. I haven't started a new book in the last week. I have been um, I've been reading uh, the Sabbath for the Modern Man by Abraham Joshua Heschel. And um, whew, it's it's hard not to, it's like in T writes it's hard not to highlight every sentence but uh, really good in trying to understand from a, a Jewish perspective about the Sabbath and awesome so far but um, short read and it's I'm spending my time with it so awesome stuff all right thanks everyone I forgot what I was supposed to say at the end the peace may the peace of the Lord be always with you. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at at FunDrainPod. We'd love to hear your comments on our episodes and also suggest future episode topics. Also, if you enjoy what we're doing, go on to iTunes and give us a review, please. Thanks a lot.